وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاتي ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هج محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار مرحبا بكم أهلا وسهلا This is the Sunday sisters class but our brothers are more than welcome to stay and listen and benefit bi'ithnillahi ta'ala In light of it being the month of Ramadan The topic of today's talk, a reminder Is protect your fast or my sister and this also goes for the brothers. Protect your fast. Allah has made fasting in Ramadan a great act of ibadah. As we have in the narration on the authority of Abdullah ibn Umar radiyallahu anhuma where the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned buni al-islam ala khams shahada shahadati an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan rasulullah wa iqam as-salah wa ita'i az-zakah wa hajj al-bayt wa as-sawm ramadan Abdullah ibn Umar he mentioned radiyallahu anhuma that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he stated that Islam is built upon five The testimony that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah And that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam is the messenger of Allah The establishment of the prayer The giving of the zakat Making the pilgrimage to the house And fasting in Ramadan we have in the hadith of Jibreel, which is on the authority of Umar ibn al-Khattab radiallahu an, 
that Jibreel he asked the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, "Ya Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam, akhbirni an al-Islam." O Muhammad, tell me about Islam. Inform me about Islam. And the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam he mentioned. Al-Islam an tashhad an la ilaha illallah wa anna Muhammadan Rasulullah wa tuqima as-salah wa tutiya az-zakah wa tasuma Ramadan wa tahujja al-bayt in istata'ta ilayhi sabila qala Jibril alayhi salam sadaqt Jibril alayhi salam he asked the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam Tell me about Islam or inform me about Islam. And the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentioned Al Islam is that you testify that none has the right to be worshipped except for Allah and that Muhammad is the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And that you establish the prayer and that you pay the zakat and that you fast in Ramadan and that you make the pilgrimage to the house if you have the ability to do so. Jibreel alayhi salam, he responded, you have spoken the truth. So these two narrations establish the greatness and the superiority in the virtue of fasting in the month of Ramadan because fasting in the month of Ramadan is a pillar from the pillars of Islam. Allah Azza wa Jal has obligated fasting in Ramadan in the Quran with his statement, Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu kutiba alaykum usiyam kama kutiba ala ladina min qabrikum la'allakum tattakun. All you who believe fasting has been prescribed for you just as it was prescribed upon those before you in order that you may attain piety. So Allah Azza wa Jal establishes and He is addressing the believers. And you are my sisters, you are a part of the believers, you are the believing woman, you are the mu'minat, the muslimat. So this address, Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu, O you who believe, is an address to the Muslim believing men. It is also an address to the Muslim believing woman. And any time you see Ya ayyuhal ladina amanu in the Quran, this includes you, O my noble sisters in Islam. For that which goes for the men in Islam goes for the woman. As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam he mentioned, An Nisa Shaqa'iqur Rijal that the women are the twin halves of the men, meaning what goes for the men goes for the woman. Except in the case when there is a text from the Quran and the Sunnah that shows something is specifically for the men, excluding the woman. Or something is specifically for the woman, excluding the men. But generally speaking, what goes for the men goes for the woman. So Allah, He states, O oh, you who believe fasting has been prescribed for you just as it was prescribed upon those before you. Being that fasting was prescribed upon those before us, and we are not the only nation to fast, this is an indication of the greatness of fasting in that it is a fundamental act of worship just like salat and zakat as Allah mentions وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ دِينَ حُنَفَاءَ وَيُقِيمُوا الصَّلَاةَ وَيُتُّوا الزَّكَاةَ وَذَلِكَ دِينُ الْقَيِّمَةِ And they were not commanded. Who are they? Meaning the previous nations. And they were not commanded except that they worship Allah alone sincerely, making their religion for Him, showing that the matter of Tawheed or worshiping Allah is something that the previous nations were also commanded with, and that they established the prayer, so they had to pray too, and they established the payment of the zakat. 
that they establish the prayer and that they establish the payment of the zakat. So they were commanded to worship Allah alone, sincerely, making the religion for Him as monotheists. This is a fundamental principle of worship. And that they establish the prayer and that they pay the zakat, and that is the upright religion. So salah and tawheed, salah and zakat, was with the previous nations also. Likewise, we have to worship Allah alone. Likewise, we have to pray. Likewise, we have to pay zakat. Likewise, we have to fast. And also hajj itself is also something that was commanded upon the previous nations. So actually, the five pillars of Islam, these acts were commanded upon the previous nations and the previous prophets. La ilaha illallah, the salah, the zakat, al-sawm, and al-hajj. So Allah, He mentions, fasting has been prescribed upon you just as it was prescribed upon those before you in order that you may attain piety. So the goal of fasting, my sisters and brothers, is the attainment of piety, a taqwa, the attainment of the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what is a taqwa? A taqwa, it comes from the word wiqaya, which, which is a shield in the Arabic language. A shield. This is the linguistic meaning of taqwa. Like in a battle, in the days of old, a warrior, he would have a shield to protect himself from arrows, to protect himself from the sword, spears, and the likes. How is this word relevant in the religion? The taqwa of Allah. It means that you take a shield or put a barrier between you and the punishment of Allah. And of course, no one can stop Allah if Allah decrees to punish someone. It doesn't mean from that sense, like you're going up against Allah, no. Meaning you protect yourself from Allah's punishment, running from Allah's punishment to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Fulfillu ilallah. Therefore, flee to Allah. The way we protect ourselves from the punishment of Allah, as Talq ibn Habib, he explained what is taqwa, أن تعمل بطاعة الله على نور من الله ترجو ثواب الله It means to act in accordance to the obedience of Allah upon a light from Allah, hoping for the reward of Allah. This is the shield that you're going to use to protect yourself from Allah's punishment. That whatever Allah commands you to do, whether it is a commandment of obligation, commandment of recommendation, you strive to implement it upon a light, meaning upon knowledge, hoping for the reward of Allah. That's taqwa. That's how you protect yourself from the hellfire, by doing what Allah has commanded. وَأَن تَتْرُكْ مَعْسِيَةَ اللَّهِ عَلَى النُورِ مِنَ اللَّهِ تَخَافِ قَابَ اللَّهِ and that you abandon disobedience of Allah upon a light from Allah, fearing the punishment of Allah. That's the other half. You leave off disobeying Allah. Whatever Allah has made haram, you abandon it. And you do it based upon knowledge, fearing Allah's punishment. That's the shield. Protect you from the hellfire, protect you from Allah's anger. It is upon us, Barakallah Fikum, to preserve our worship. We have the Sahaba, radiallahu anhum ajma'een, from Abu Huraira and his companions and others, they used to go to the masjid during the day in Ramadan 
for the protection of their fast or the purification of their fast. And this is important that we protect our fasting from being nullified or the reward from being nullified. And I'm not speaking about just staying away from food and drink, my noble sisters. But staying away from those acts, those matters of speech, the behavior that can spoil the reward of the fast. Allah Azawajal mentions, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu ati'ullaha wa ati'ur rasul wa la tubtilu a'amalakum. That's Surah Muhammad, verse number 33. All you who believe, obey Allah and obey the Messenger and do not render your deeds null and void. Do not render your deeds null and void. We are commanded in Islam to protect our worship by doing that which is legislated. Like when Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, Ya ayyuhalladina amanu la tubatilu sadaqatikum. All you who believe, don't nullify your charity that you have given, bilman wal adha, with injurious reminders and harming the people by telling them what you did for them. Don't nullify your sadaqah. So this is a theme that is in Islam that we should protect our ibadah from being nullified. Whether it is the salat, whether it is first and foremost our Islam itself. That's why you have the scholars, they have written concerning nawaqibul Islam, the nullifiers of Islam. Or kitabu riddah or Babu Ridda, the chapter of apostasy from the religion. You have this in Islam, the scholars have spoken about this topic to teach the Muslims how to protect and preserve their religion, to teach the Muslims how to protect and preserve their acts of ibadah. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He mentions, do not nullify your deeds, O oh, you who believe, and again, this is for the men, and this is for the women. Obey Allah, and obey the Messenger, meaning follow the Qur'an, and be obedient to that which is in the Qur'an, and be obedient to that which is in the Sunnah. And do not render your deeds null and void. What is meant by render your deeds null and void, meaning to make something invalid. Al-Iftal ja'lu shay batilan. Al-Iftal ja'lu shay batilan. To nullify is to make something invalid. Ay la fa'ida minhu. There's no benefit in it. There's no benefit. So, معنى النهي عن إبطالهم الأعمال النهي عن أسباب إبطالها. So, what is meant by the prohibition of them nullifying the deeds, meaning it is a prohibition nullifying the things that can cause your deeds to be rendered null and void. Anything that leads. Excuse me. Anything that leads to the deeds being rendered null and void, this is what is prohibited by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is mentioned that some of the salaf. They were afraid that the committing of acts of indecency will spoil the reward. وَكَانَ بَعْضُ السَّلَفِ يَخْشَى أَنْ يَكُونَ 
ارتكاب الفواحش مبطنا لثواب الاعمال الصالحه that some of the early muslims they were afraid that the committing of the acts of indecency will cause the nullifying of the reward of one's righteous actions. Nam. So this was the understanding of the early generations of Muslims. That it is possible that a person, because of his or her sins, you can destroy your good deeds. Just as good deeds wipe out the bad deeds, likewise bad deeds can wipe out your good deeds. So we have to be very careful. It is mentioned that Aisha radiallahu anha when it reached her that Zayd ibn Arqam he made a contract that she seemed to be haram she said akhbiru Zaydan annahu abtala jihadahu ma'a rasulillahi sallallahu alayhi wasallam in lam yatruk fi'lahu hadha So Zayd ibn Arqam, he was involved in a contract that Aisha viewed as being haram, based upon her knowledge. So she said, inform Zayd that he nullified his jihad or his striving that he did along with the Messenger of Allah, if he don't leave off that act that he's doing. And you find the ulama, they say, وَلَعَلَّهَا أَرَادَتْ بِذَلِكَ التَّحْذِيرِ she said, and or the scholars, they said, perhaps what was intended by that, that she was warning him. And he be careful. Don't indulge in that matter that is not permissible because it's possible that it can nullify all the striving you did with the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Al-Hasan al-Basri, Rahimahullah, as well as Imam al-Zuhri, he said, لا تبطلوا أعمالكم بالمعاصي الكبائر Do not nullify or render your deeds null and void by committing the major acts of disobedience. There's a narration that has come in the uh, books of Tafsir That which has been narrated in Ibn Umar, كُنَّا نَرَى أَنَّهُ لَيْسَ الشَّيْءٍ مِنْ حَسَنَاتِنَا إِلَّا مَكْبُورًا حَتَّى نَزَلَ وَلَا تُبْطِلُوا أَعْمَالَكُمْ We viewed that there was nothing that we did from our good deeds except that they are accepted by Allah. Until the statement of Allah came and do not render your deeds null and void. فَقُلْنَا مَا هَذَا الَّذِي يُبْتِلْ أَعْمَالَنَا فَقُلْنَا الْكَبَائِرِ الْمُوْجِبَاتِ وَالْفَوَاحِشِ حَتَّى نَذَرَ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ So we said, what is this that can render... Render our deeds not avoid, we said it is those major sins and those acts of indecency. Until Allah revealed the statement, indeed Allah does not forgive that partners are associated with Him, but He forgives other than that for whomsoever He wills. عَلَى مَنْ أَصَابَ الْكَبَائِرِ وَنَرْجُ لِمَنْ لَمْ يُصِبْهَا 
So we refrain from that statement. Meaning that surety, the major sins will wipe out your deeds and the acts of indecency will wipe out your deeds. We, we refrain from that statement. However, we still will afraid. We still will afraid that whoever indulged in the major sins, that these can wipe out a person's good deeds. And we would have hope for the one who did not indulge in the major sins, that his deeds will be accepted. So we are commanded Barakallahu Fikum to stay away from that which nullifies our deeds. So how is this related to the fast? We have in the Sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam from the narration of Abi Huraira radiallahu an. Allah Qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Man lam yada'a Qawl al-zur Wal-amala bihi wal-jahla Falaysa lillahi haja Fi an yada'a ta'amahu wa sharabahu Rawahu al-Bukhari rahimahullah Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu he mentioned that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he stated, whoever does not leave off speaking with falsehood and acting in accordance to falsehood, then Allah is not in need of this person to leave off his food and to leave off his drink. Allah is not in need of this person to leave off his food and to leave off his drink. Another narration on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu an Qala qala Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Rubba sa'im hadhuhu min siyamihi al-ju' wal-atish Rubba qa'im hadhuhu min qiyamihi al-sahar Rawahu Ahmed Abu Huraira radiallahu an he stated that the Messenger Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, perhaps the only thing that the fasting person gets from his fast is hunger and thirst. And the only thing that, or perhaps the only thing that the one who stands at night and prays gets from his standing is tiredness. or insomnia, not sleeping. The first narration on the authority of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, whoever does not leave of speaking with falsehood and acting in accordance to falsehood and ignorance. Then Allah Azawajal is not in need of the individual leaving off his food and his drink. Fasting, Barakallah Fikum, is a shield and a protector. As the verse states, in order that you may attain a taqwa. So the goal behind fasting is the attainment of piety. And the fast itself is a shield, as the Prophet Sallallahu mentioned in the narration of Abi Huraira radiallahu an, as-siyam junnah. فَلَا يَرْفُضْ وَلَا يَسْخَبْ وَفِي رِوَايَ وَلَا يَجْهَلْ The fasting is a shield. Therefore, do not indulge in indecent speech, nor indulge in yelling and screaming. 
nor behave in a manner that's demeaning. The fast is supposed to protect you from these things. Speaking with indecency, hollering and screaming, argumentation, and behaving in an ignorant manner. The fast is supposed to protect you from those things. So when a person is indulging in those matters, it is as if there is no fast there. Even though the person is not eating and the person is not drinking. So this shows that fasting, it is not just the issue of not eating, not drinking, I'm fasting. Or a wife not having relations with her husband, I'm fasting. That's a part of the fast. But the fast extends beyond that. Because again, the point is to attain piety. Not just to feel hungry, not just to experience thirst, not just to leave off your desires for a period of time. No, it's the point of striving to be better, changing your behavior, a person's iman increasing. And this is something that is very important for the woman. Why? The Prophet said, Uritu Anaf. I was shown the hellfire. He said, I was shown the hellfire, and the majority of the inhabitants of the hellfire are the women. The woman, the Sahabiyat, anhunna, they said, Al-Nakfur Billah, or Abi Kufrina Billah, is it because we disbelieve in Allah? And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned, La walakin bi kufr al-ashir. Wa takthurna al He said, no, it is not because you disbelieve in Allah, but rather it is due to being ungrateful to your husbands and you curse a lot, meaning the woman. And then the Prophet ﷺ mentioned how a woman, her husband can do good to her for a long period of time. And then she sees one thing from him that she doesn't like and she says, مَا رَأَيْتُ مِنْكَ خَيْرًا قط. I have not ever seen any good from you. Al-Qawl-Zur As the Prophet mentioned, the man has done good for her for a long period of time and then she says, مَا رَأَيْتُ مِنْكَ خَيْرًا قط. هَذَا يُعْتَبْرُ Qawl-Zur she says, I have never seen any good from you. Because one thing he does wrong, she ignores the years of the good that he has done for her. Be aware of this. Be careful, my sisters. For this type of behavior can cause the reward of your fast to be nullified. Because it's cold azur. Stay away from any type of evil speech, foul language, argumentation, cursing, that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that many of the women, they do. Stay away from vain speech, speech that does not have any benefit. As we have an authentic narration on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam which is on the authority of Abi Hurairah قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس الصيام من الأكل والشرب إنما الصيام من اللغ 
ورفض فإن سابك أحد أو جاهل عليك فقل إني صائم إني صائم رواه الحاكم أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه يمنشن that the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم stated fasting is not merely fasting from food and drink but indeed fasting is fasting from vain speech and indecent speech if anyone curses you or behaves with you in an ignorant manner then say indeed I am fasting indeed I am fasting so here the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam He is establishing in this narration that fasting is not merely fasting from food and drink, but fasting also entails fasting from that which is haram. And specifically the Prophet mentioned that which is connected to speech. وعن الرفض وعن اللهو والرفض fasting from vain speech and from indecent speech والله the tongue uh, in Islam is a serious affair what Allah states ما يلفظ من قول إلا لديه رقيب عتيد the person does not utter a word except Amongst them are the angels who are there watching him and they diligently record. They don't miss anything. Why does Allah mention that? As a reminder to be careful what we say. As a reminder to be careful of what we say. The Prophet ﷺ, he had many narrations about the dangers of the tongue. The Prophet وسلم, mentioned this narration is on the authority of Sahad ibn Sa'd al-Sa'ili. عن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم من يضمن لي ما بين لحيي وما بين رجلي أضمن له الجنة that whoever can guarantee for me that they will protect that which is in between their two jaws and that which is in between their two legs, I will guarantee that person the paradise. Whoever can guarantee me to protect that which is in between their two jaws, meaning a person is careful with his or her speech. You guard your tongue. You don't just say anything that you want to say. Because you're mindful that Allah will call you to account for your speech. Another narration. And this is a narration on the authority of Abi Huraira radiallahu anhu. An Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qala, Inna al-abd yatakallamu bil-kalimati min radwanillahi wa la yulqi laha bala, yawfa'u allahu biha darajat. وَإِنَّ الْعَبْلِ يَتَكَلَّمُ بِالْكَلِمَةِ مِنْ سَخَّةِ اللَّهِ لَا يُبْقِ لَهَا بَالَ الْيَهْوِ بِهَا فِي جَهَنَّمِ Allah Mustafa. Abu Huraira mentioned on the Prophet ﷺ that indeed the servant he speaks with a speech that is from what pleases Allah. It is from that which pleases Allah. But he doesn't even pay attention to what he has said. He just, he spoke. But it pleases Allah. As a result of that, Allah raises his level. I mean, he doesn't, he's not even aware of the magnitude of how great the speech was. But Allah raises his level. And likewise, indeed, the servant, he speaks with speech from that which angers Allah. And he doesn't give it any concern. And as a result of it, he slips into the hellfire. A kalimah. A word, a speech. The Prophet said, "Inna al-abd 
This is also on Abu Hurairah, that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that the servant speaks with speech and it doesn't become clear to him how serious the speech is. As a result of it, he slips into the hellfire, the distance that is farther than the east from the west. SubhanAllah. We have to be very careful with our words. This is why the Prophet sallallahu mentioned Whoever believes in Allah on the last day, let him say that which is good or be quiet. Because words are very harmful or can be very harmful. And sometimes people they speak and they just say anything that comes to mind, comes to heart. And they don't think about the ramifications of the speech. They don't think about the severity of the speech, they just speak. Especially in this, in this type of society, you find people, they praise the people who just blurt out anything. So, oh man, that person, he speaks his mind or she speaks his mind. That's, this is not something that's praiseworthy in Islam unrestrictedly. Yes, there are times when you have to stand up for the truth, when you have to speak what needs to be spoken, even if it goes against the people. But in Islam, it's, the case is not that a person should just say any and everything. The case is not that the person should just say any and everything. Another narration of Abu Huraira, just to show you in the dangers of speech. We want to mention some important narrations about speech. قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم إن الرجل يتكلم بالكلمة لا يرى بها بأسا يهوي بها السبعين خريفا في النار. Abu Huraira mentioned that the Messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم stated that indeed the person, even though it says a رجل, but it means person, man or woman. Indeed, the person speaks with speech. He does not see that there is any harm in that speech. But as a result of that speech, he falls into the hellfire for 70 years. Allah. 70 years in the hellfire for one speech. Because the person didn't see there's no harm in the speech, but with Allah it was great. This is why when it comes to speaking, a person should contemplate before he or she speaks. Is this something that's going to get me closer to Allah? Is this something that's going to please Allah, what I'm about to say? Or is this something that's going to anger Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? The Prophet sallallahu he stated in this narration is on the authority of Uqba ibn Amir قال قلت يا رسول الله من نجا O Messenger of Allah what is salvation? قال أملك عليك لسانك وليسعك بيتك وابكي على خطيئتك Uqba ibn Amir radiallahu anhi he said I said O Messenger of Allah what is salvation? The Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, control your tongue. First thing the Prophet mentioned, amlik alayka lisanik, control your tongue. And let your home be sufficient for you, meaning as refuge, and be content with your home. Webki ala khati'atik, and cry over your sins. Three things that the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that is from salvation. We have a narration on the authority of Abi Wa'il and Abdullah ibn Mas'ud radiallahu an. أَنَّهُ إِرْتَقَى الصَّفَى فَأَخَذَ بِلِسَانِهِ فَقَالَ يَا لِسَانِ قُلْ خَيْرًا 
تبنم واسكت عن شر تسلم من قبل ان تندم يا رب ثم قال سمعت رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يقول اكثر خطايا بني ادم في لسانه اللهم استعان on the authority of abi wa'il on the authority of abdullah bin mas'ud that he went upon a safa and he grabbed his tongue he took his tongue he said o tongue speak that which is good and you will attain that which is good tagnam you will get like the spoils Be quiet regarding that which is evil and you will be safe. Before there comes a day when you will regret. Then he said indeed I heard the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam say The majority of the mistakes of the child of Adam is in his tongue. The majority of sin comes from your speech. This is a serious matter mentioned by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that the majority of mistakes come from one speech. Another narration and there are many we don't want to be too long On the authority of Mu'adh ibn Jabr radiyallahu an قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم انك لن تزال سالما ما سكت فاذا تكلمت كتب لك او عليك معاذ بن جبر رضي الله عنه mentioned that the messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam stated indeed you will not cease to be safe as long as you are quiet When you speak the speech is either written for you or it is written against you So this is an important statement mentioned here by the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam showing the different categories of speech Either the speech is going to be for you because you spoke with that which is pleasing to Allah or the speech is going to be against you because you spoke with that which angers Allah and this is why you find the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam mentioned man samata fanaja that whoever is quiet then he has succeeded Now does this mean that a person should not speak at all? No, this doesn't mean that. As fasting from speech this is not from our religion. Meaning a person doesn't speak at all, doesn't say anything at all. There is a narration that has come in the Sahih of Imam Bukhari on the authority of Abdullah bin Abbas. Qala baynana wa bayna an-nabiy sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yakhtub. Idha huwa bi rajulin qa'im fasa'ala anhu faqalu Abu Israil nadhara an yakuma wa la yaqud wa la yastadhil wa la yatakallam wa yasum. 
فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم مره فليتكلم وليستدل وليقعد وليتم صومه Abdullah ibn Abbas radiyallahu anhuma he stated that the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he was giving a khutbah he was addressing the people and there was a man who was standing say a man standing off to the side so the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam asked about this man and what's his situation why is he standing over there so the sahaba they said he is abu israil He made a vow that he's going to stand up and not sit and he's not going to take shade and he's not going to speak and he's going to fast. So he took a vow to stand up, not sit, to stand in the sun, no shade, and not to speak and he's doing this while he's fasting. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, command him to speak. Because this is not from our fast. We just don't speak to anybody, or not from our religion, we don't speak to anybody at all. No, we speak, but we are careful with our speech. And we try to make sure that our speech is good speech. The Prophet wasallam said, command him to speak, and command him to take shade, and command him to sit down, and command him to complete his fast. Command him to complete his fast. Ibn, Ab- uh, Ibn Abdul Bar rahimahullah, he's one of the scholars of the Maliki Madhab. He said, Fihi dalil ala anna sukut an dhikrillah laysa min ta'atillah. In this is an evidence that being quiet regarding the remembrance of Allah is not from the obedience of Allah. I mean, you have to speak. Even if it's the remembrance of Allah, that you have to do some type of speech. But let it be good speech. And indeed obedience is that which Allah and His Messenger has commanded with. So the Prophet ﷺ commanded the man to continue that which is obedience of Allah, which was his fast, and leave off that which is not from the obedience of Allah. Standing up in the sun, not taking shade, not speaking to the people. There's no reward in that. This is not something that's legislated. So the Prophet ﷺ commanded him to leave off those things. So it is not from our religion that the person does not speak at all whatsoever to the people. Saying, well, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he warned against speech, told us to control our tongues and life, so I don't have anything to say. No, this is not from the religion. Just be mindful and careful of what you say. Speak with good speech. Another narration On the authority of Ali ibn Abi Talib, radiyallahu an, where he stated that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam said, "Wala sumat yawman ila layl." That there is to be no silence. From the daytime until the nighttime. What this means, as some of the ulama explained, that there is no virtue in a person being quiet from the daytime to the nighttime. Rather, this was something that was for the previous nations. That their fast would include fasting from speech. 
It says, وَكَانَ أَهْلُ الْجَاهِلِيَةِ مِنْ نُسَكِهِمْ أَصْصُمَاتِ That from the people of Jahiliyyah, from their rituals, was being quiet. وَكَانَ الْوَاحِدِ مِنْهُمْ يَعْتَكِفَ الْيَوْمِ وَالْلَيْلَةِ فَيَصْمُتُ وَلَا يَنْتُكُ And there will be an individual from amongst them that will make i'tikaf for the night and the day and he will be quiet. He wouldn't speak to anyone. فَنُوهُ عَنْ ذَلِكْ وَأُمِرُوا بِالذِّكْرِ وَالنَّطْقِ بِالْخَيْرِ So they, meaning us, the Muslims, we have been prohibited from that. We have been commanded to speak. We have been commanded with the remembrance of Allah and to speak with that which is good. So it's not from our religion, Barakallah Fikun, that we don't speak to nobody. Under the pretense that we're preserving our tongue. No, speak to your brothers and your sisters in Islam. But speak with good speech. Umar bin Khattab radiallahu an. He said, لَيْسَ السِّيَامِ مِنَ الشُّرَابِ وَالطَّعَامِ وَحْدَةِ وَلَكِنَّهُ مِنَ الْكَذِبِ وَالْبَاطِلِ وَاللَّغْضِ Umar bin al-Khattab radiallahu anhu said, Fasting is not just fasting from drink and food alone. However, fasting is also fasting from lying. And fasting from falsehood and vain speech. Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari radiallahu anhumah, he said, إِذَا سُمْتْ فَلْيَسُمْ سَمْعُكْ وَبَصْرُكْ وَلِسَانُكْ عَنِ الْكَذِبِ وَالْمَاثِمْ وَدَعَ أَذَا الْخَادِمْ وَلْيَكُونْ عَلَيْكَ وَقَارْ وَسَكِينَةِ يَوْمُ صَوْمِكَ وَلَا تَجْعَلْ يَوْمَ فِطْرِكْ وَيَوْمَ صَوْمِكَ سَوَاءٌ Jabir ibn Abdullah al-Ansari, he stated that when you fast, then let your hearing fast, and let your sight fast, and let your tongue fast from lying, and from sins. And abandon harmoning the workers or those who work for you or the servant. And let there be upon you calmness and tranquility on the day of your fast. And do not make the day that you do not fast and the day that you do fast to be the same. Meaning there should be a difference in your behavior, in your speech, on the day that you fast. We have from Maymun ibn Mihran, إِنَّ أَهْوَنَ الصَّوْمِ تَرْكُ الطُعَامُ الشَّرَابِ Indeed, the easiest part of fasting is leaving off the food and leaving off the drink. This is the easiest part of fasting. Leaving off food and leaving off the drink. So again, Barakallah Fikum, it's very important that we understand that fasting is more than just leaving off food and drink, and that it also entails the fasting of the tongue, guarding your tongue from that which is evil. It entails the fasting of the body parts, your eyes, the fasting of your hands, the fasting of your feet, not walking to the haram, not touching the haram, not looking at the haram, not listening to the haram. All of this is a part of the fasting. And if we just leave all food and drink, but yet we are still indulging in evil with our speech or evil with our eyes, evil with our ears, hands and feet and the likes, then we have the possibility of nullifying the reward of our fast. So this is a reminder for myself 
and for my noble sisters and brothers who are here in attendance, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to fast in the manner that's pleasing to him and to preserve our fast. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from those things that nullify the fast. And may Allah allow us to attain a taqwa in this month of Ramadan that will carry us throughout the year. Whatever is correct, the praise is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. Whatever is incorrect is for myself. Wa subhanaka Allahumma handika shadu wa la ilaha ila anta staghfiru wa kawantu bilayhi. Jazakumullah khair.